0: Good morning, faithful listeners, you've tuned in to the P40 Ministries podcast, the one place where you can get a daily explanatory Bible reading to start your day strong. This is your host, Jen, bringing you a brand new episode out of Genesis. Hey, faithful listeners, good morning and happy Friday. This is your host, Jen, with the P40 Ministries podcast. So I hope you guys are getting excited about Easter because it's only a week away. Isn't that just crazy that this year is already flying by so quickly and it's already Easter time? So let me know what you guys like to do for your Easter traditions. We don't really do a lot on Easter Sunday. We usually just hang out with our family members and that's about it. But I always like hearing new Easter traditions and uh, seeing what everybody does and enjoys on Easter Sunday. So send me a message on P40 Ministries at wwwp 40 Ministries.com slash contact and you can fill out a contact form. And I'm pretty accessible and pretty easy to get in contact with. And uh, I see a lot of people's messages, but sometimes I kind of wonder if um, they see my messages back. So (laughs) if you don't receive my message and you do contact me, please know that I probably did message you back. I'm just, I'm really honestly not sure if people are getting my messages or not because they never respond back to me. It could just be because they just don't respond back to me or they're not getting my messages. I'm not actually sure. So uh, if you do contact me, just let me know if you receive my message or not, and that will help me out a lot. But let's go ahead and read Genesis chapter 41, verses 38 through 45 today. We're going to be talking more about the story of Joseph and how he gets elevated to a place of honor. So grab your Bible and your cup of coffee, and uh, I will be reading out the W.E.B. version of of the Bible this morning, but you, of course, can read out of whatever version you prefer. Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Pharaoh said to Joseph, Because God has shown you all of this, there is no one so discreet and wise as you. You shall be over my house. All my people will be ruled according to your word. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he arrayed him in robes of fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. He made him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried before him, Bow the knee! He set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh without you. No man shall lift up his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh called Joseph's name, Zaphnath-Paneah, and he gave him Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On as a wife. Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. Quick recap before we start talking about this passage. So Pharaoh brought Joseph out of prison because he had heard that Joseph had this special ability to be able to interpret dreams. And Pharaoh had had two dreams that were very disturbing to him, very scary. In fact, they were probably close to nightmares to him. And he was very scared about these dreams and wanted somebody to interpret them for him. And, you know, Egyptians at this point in time, ancient Egyptians were very big into divination and uh, uh, different things like that. So Pharaoh called his magicians in and his wise men in and was asking them to interpret the dream. But these men could not interpret the dream. And you know why? It was because this dream was actually from God. This dream was from God, so only somebody with the spirit of God could actually interpret this dream. It was impossible for anybody who did not have God's spirit inside of them, and Joseph did have God's spirit. Joseph also had a gift of being able to interpret dreams. Joseph was brought out of that prison because Pharaoh had heard about him interpreting the baker's dream and also the cupbearer's dream. So he brings him out of prison and Joseph gets all dressed up and shaves himself and cleans himself and presents himself in front of Pharaoh. Pharaoh then tells Joseph that he heard that Joseph could interpret dreams. And Joseph does a fascinating thing that Joseph does consistently all throughout his time in Egypt. He says, it is not me, it is God. He always is bringing it back to God. Joseph was a very faithful man, a very God-honoring and God-loving man. And so he always brought it back to God, even though he was standing in front of the most powerful person, probably In the ancient world at this time, he was standing in front of one of the most powerful people, and he was still unafraid to talk about his God to Pharaoh." And so Pharaoh kind of ignores Joseph a little bit when Joseph starts talking about God and he just starts asking uh, Joseph to interpret this dream. So finally, Joseph interprets the dream saying that there's going to be seven years of plenty and then seven years of famine after that. And so Pharaoh is so impressed that Joseph was able to interpret these dreams that he says to Joseph and to all of his servants that are in this house, he says in verse 38, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? So Pharaoh knew that Joseph had a powerful, powerful God, a God that could interpret dreams and give dreams. He's probably seeing God's power for the first time in his entire life, and this was being shown to him through Joseph, which is just absolutely fascinating. So now, getting back into this passage of scripture, in verse 39, Pharaoh says to Joseph, he's like, you know, because God showed you all of these things. There can't be anybody as wise as you are, which was actually probably true in Egypt because Pharaoh had brought in all these wise men and all these magicians that couldn't do this. So somebody who has God's spirit is going to be a wiser person than somebody who does not. And that is just a fact of life. As as cruel as that sounds, somebody who has God's spirit has the power of god and so somebody who has the power of god is going to be more powerful is going to be more wise is going to be more knowledgeable than somebody who does not have that spirit because god is the ultimate. God is the most powerful. God is the most wise. God is everything. He is the creator of the universe. So he is going to be more powerful than humans. And especially if he gives some of that spirit to certain individuals, then yes, they are going to be able to do things that somebody who doesn't have God's spirit would not be able to do. So Pharaoh was not wrong when he was saying to Joseph, there is nobody in this land who is as wise as you are. And he says, You will be over my house. All my people are going to be ruled according to your word. So he's so impressed with Joseph that he is making Joseph second in command to him. And he is saying, you are going to be basically Pharaoh number two. You are going to be a ruler of this land. So I want you guys to think about something kind of funny. Where was Joseph two hours before this encounter? He was sitting there in prison, probably feeling hopeless. And now he is in front of a king and not just in front of a king, being a servant in front of this king, but being elevated to second in command. This is how powerful God is. He can take a slave, an insignificant slave, and turn that slave into a ruler overnight within a couple hours This is just how powerful and how merciful and how loving God really is. It's just absolutely fascinating to think about how quickly this happened. You know, Joseph's sitting there in that prison for years wondering, you know, when am I going to get out of here? Why does this keep happening to me? And yet God was working that entire time. He was working by bringing the chief baker and the chief cupbearer. Into Joseph's presence so that Joseph could interpret their dreams. He was working and allowing Joseph to wait until the time was perfect. Because think about if that cupbearer had gone to Pharaoh right after he had gotten out of prison and told him about Joseph. Well, Pharaoh probably wouldn't have thought anything about it. He probably maybe would have let Joseph go, Joseph would have gone home and still had been hated by his brothers, and still would have had the same problems back in the Hebrew land. Pharaoh never would have considered Joseph ever again, and yet now Joseph is standing here in front of him, and Pharaoh is making him second in command. The timing was absolutely perfect, even though it was probably excruciating for Joseph to wait and wait and wait and wait for this moment and he didn't even know that this moment was coming. It was probably excruciating for him. Now he is being honored and being blessed for his waiting. So when we think that God isn't doing something in our lives, or we're wondering, why is it taking so long? Why are we waiting in this position? Why? Why are we in this position? God is, in fact, doing something. He's doing something he's always working he's always moving he is always waiting for the best possible time and this obviously was the best possible time even though joseph had to wait he is being honored and it's just it's such a fascinating story this is why i love joseph's story it just shows how waiting on god is the best way to do things and i don't i can't think of anybody else in the bible that has such a strong story about waiting on god for God to do the best possible thing. I can't think of anybody else that has such a fantastic story about waiting. And yet, Joseph here waited on God, still had faith in God, and now God was blessing him a hundredfold for Joseph waiting and still being a faithful, humble man. And so now, Pharaoh is putting this signet ring on Joseph's finger. And he's clothing him in these linens and he's putting this gold chain around his neck. So Joseph went from having nothing in prison to having all these fine things after prison. And so now Pharaoh makes Joseph ride in the chariot behind him. So he's still showing the people, I am in charge, but now here is my second in command. So Joseph's riding in the second chariot behind the Pharaoh and the people are bowing down to Joseph as he's going through Egypt and riding around in this chariot. The people are bowing down. So think about those dreams Joseph had at the very beginning. The stars are going to bow down in front of him and the moon and the sun even are going to bow down in front of him. And now all these people, the entire nation of Egypt at that time, are recognizing Joseph for who he is and bowing down to him. So Joseph very, very much was a dream interpreter with a strong gift of being able to interpret these dreams. And it even says, Pharaoh sent Joseph all over the land of Egypt. So it wasn't just in one city that these people are bowing down to Joseph. It was all over. And so Joseph is going through these cities and people are just bowing down to him. So now after this, Pharaoh says to Joseph in verse 44, he says, I am Pharaoh. But without you, no man shall lift up his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. He says, okay, well, firstly, I am Pharaoh. I just want to make that clear. I am still in charge, but you have tons of power. He says, no one will do anything unless you say it's okay for them to do. You are going to be in charge of everything, even if a man decides he wants to go somewhere or decides he wants to do this or do that. You are in charge of that person. And he says, then in verse 45, he ends up calling Joseph Zaphnath-Paneah. So he changes Joseph's name to an Egyptian name because Hebrews were kind of considered to be filthy to Egyptians, which is kind of interesting. And we'll, we'll learn more about that later on. But Hebrews were not people that the Egyptians liked. And so he changes Joseph's Hebrew name, which is Joseph, to zaphnath Panea, which is quite a mouthful. <laughs> but he ends up giving uh, Joseph this wife who was named Asenath, and she was a daughter of Potipharah. So this was not Potiphar, the first guy. This is Potipharah, priest of On. So this other guy was named Potipharah. He had this daughter named Asenath, and Joseph ended up marrying that young woman. And it says right after this that Joseph went out all over the land of Egypt. So after he is honored and brought out of prison, after he's made second in command, and after he gets married to this woman he travels (laughs) so joseph has quite the life he has a life of splendor and power and also he gets to go out and see all these different areas of egypt and now instead of just being over a household or a prison he is over an entire nation an entire nation of egypt He's going out and making sure that everything is perfect. This was something Joseph was clearly very, very good at, was delegating responsibilities and organizing and uh, just all those kinds of skills. Joseph was very good at this because all three times we see Joseph's career change. We see him being a slave. We see him being a prison overseer and now we see him being the overseer of the entire land of egypt joseph is clearly very very good at these things and now he is able to travel and see all this stuff and uh and honestly protect and take care of the nation of egypt Friends, join me on Monday at 6 a.m. And we'll discuss the rest of this chapter and talk a little bit about Joseph's two sons that he ends up having with Asenath. And also the famine and the uh, times of plenty that Joseph experiences and what's going to happen regarding those two things. So join me on Monday and we'll discuss more about Joseph, but also make sure to go to my website www.p40ministries.com slash the blog and take a look at the blog post I will have out tomorrow morning and I will drop a link to that in the bio of this podcast episode. Friends and faithful listeners, thank you for tuning in. Happy listening and God bless.